Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Good afternoon, and welcome to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm sitting in for Tom today. Tom's off uh, on some uh, travels. My name is Bill Heitzman, and today we're going to be talking about Jesus' commandment. This is something that um, uh, we've visited about in the radio in the past, and let's just kick this off today by uh, by looking at this. When Jesus was with his disciples uh, at the Last Supper, he said to them these words. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So, what would it mean if we being a body of Christians in this weird world we live in today, if we would just live through uh, and live out with the power of the Holy Spirit, that commandment to love one another as Jesus loved us, and then to really give the world, as Jesus does in this statement, in this commandment, give the world the opportunity to judge us if we were Christian enough based upon this simple premise that we love as Jesus loved. If we look back over the last 24 hours, if I look back over the last 24 hours in my life, or you look back over the last 24 hours in your life, uh, is there anything there in my life or in your life that we could say that we could be distinguished as a Christian in the context of living uh, and loving as Jesus lived and loved. Um, and what would it mean if that uh, really would uh, would happen? Along this lines, a group of um, three other uh, fellows and myself uh, wrote a course called um, uh, Authentic Christian, Demonstrating God's Love at Work. In a course that was really designed to help people um, not only understand the truth in loving like Jesus, but also uh, disciple them, again, through the power of the Holy Spirit, in the context of how that truth may be lived out. And this course really springs forth, and that's what we want to talk about today, of, of where this springs forth from. In a couple of Scripture verses that have meant a lot to me in, uh, in co-authoring this course— is one in John 10.10, where Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Again, that idea of abundant life. Abundant life is, is experiencing the love of God and letting that love of God flow through us in such a way that we're distinguished as one of his followers. And lastly, as Jesus was leaving his disciples, he kind of gave them a great commission. And how are we enrolling in this commission by living out love? In this, there he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So when we come back from break, we're going to kind of break that down a little bit and kind of talk through what exactly, how exactly we might be able to live not only out the Great Commission, but also the Great Commandment. Welcome back. Uh, This is Bill Heitzman filling in for Tom Brown. And today we're talking about Jesus' commandment, the commandment of love one another as Jesus loved his disciples. And and the, the part that really is also fascinating in there is Jesus giving the world permission to judge us if we're loving as he loved. Now, let's kind of look at this and, and look at change. Uh, one of the projects I've worked on over the last four or five years is what are the major ingredients that an individual um, can put into their life in order to see change happen or facilitate change? And what we've identified is seven key ingredients, seven cre- key Uh, components that are necessary in someone's life to influence change. And when these seven ingredients are there, uh, change is about a thousand times more likely to happen. So we're going to spend the major time of this segment talking about those seven areas that influence change. And the first of those is Let's say we do want to change. Let's say we do want to love like Jesus loved. The first thing that we need to do or that we can do is identify the result we hope to see, and that is loving like Jesus. And we could even uh, look and say that Scripture says, for which of you desires to build a tower does not first sit down and contemplate count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. And and in this case, we want to start with, hey, I want to love like Jesus. That's the result I want to see. And understanding that that's going to take a lot of influence in our life in order to do that. So then the second ingredient, if, if that's really what I want to see, the result I want to see happen, what's the next ingredient that I can bring in to facilitate that? And that is, do I have the ability to do the things that are necessary to love like Jesus? And identify kind of the four areas of ability. The first area of ability is, do I have the mental ability to think and love like Jesus? The second one is, do I have the physical ability the behavioral ability to love. And I'm talking about agape love here where it's a choice of loving uh, another individual because of the worth or well, uh, because of the worth of that individual. 
The third one is, do I have the proper emotions, the emotions that would allow me to uh, uh, introduce the eight attributes of love and experience them in a non-judgmental way? And then the fourth one is, do I have the believability? Do I have the believability that I'm capable of loving like Jesus through the power of his Holy Spirit or God's Holy Spirit? So if I know what I want to see and I'm willing to develop the ability to do it, the mental ability, the physical ability, the emotional ability, the believability, then the next ingredient I want to look at is Am I motivated to do that? Or what is my motivation to do that? And we know through, again, through research that most human beings can divide their motivations up into four categories. The first category is the motivation to live. And the motivation to live is to live a stress-free, happy, inspired, uh, uh, autonomous life. Not to say that we're not going to experience stress, not to say we're not going to have to have responsibilities within our feeling of being autonomous, but yet that we're living life uh, in a way that uh, just makes us feel happy, makes us feel delighted. The second motivation is to uh, love, and that motivation is to love by first accepting God's love and then letting that love flow through us. Because we know that perfect love does what? Perfect love casts out all fear. The third ingredient in motivation is contribution. And and we know that every human being is motivated to contribute to the well-being of other people. And again, Scripture says no greater love can one individual have for another individual than to lay down their life, to lay down their time, their talents and treasures for someone and then the fifth, the fourth motivation is to grow, to grow into uh, our fullness. So tie one of those motivations to the to your desire to develop an ability that allows you to love like Jesus. Then the fourth uh, key ingredient here, after identifying the result we hope to see, after identifying uh, the ability that we're going to nurture and develop. Uh, after uh, understanding what's motivating us to do this, the fourth ingredient is to get together with a group of individuals of similar mind that have that same desire that we have, the same vision of loving like Jesus uh, loved, the same principles that uh, they're loving by. And and the group is encouraging one another uh, to good works. So if we're if we know that we're part of a group then then the f- the fourth ingredient here is is or the fifth ingredient then is very simply finding a coach, finding someone to walk with you, someone that cares about you, cares about the the result you hope to see, believes in you, somebody that you can work that will walk with you. Maybe a pastor, maybe a uh, a brother or sister in Christ, uh, maybe a next door neighbor, but somebody that you can rely upon. Again, in the words of uh, Solomon, two are better than one. So if one would fall down, the other would pick them up. And we need that type of person in our corner 
if we're going to make this journey to love like Jesus. The sixth ingredient, then, uh, is to uh, create a healthy environment around us, an environment that has a degree of uh, uh, stability that makes us feel safe, that keeps us safe, an environment where we have processes and routines for doing those things that allows us to learn the discipline of loving like Jesus. And then lastly is celebration. Sitting down in a, on a regular basis and celebrating uh, our advancements and victories of loving like Jesus, celebrating how we see ourselves growing, celebrating how we see ourselves uh, living a stress-free, abundant life, celebrating those gifts that God has given us and giving us, uh, observing the fruit that he's bringing forth through us, the advancements that we're making, the achievements that that we see as a result of this effort. Um, And lastly, again, just celebrating our growth. So those are the seven ingredients that are necessary if we want to change. And again, they are beginning with the result we hope to see, love like Jesus, uh, developing the ability to love like Jesus, developing the uh, the, uh, uh, motivation to engage in the task that will develop that ability to love like Jesus, putting ourselves uh, together in a group of like-minded people who are doing the same thing that we're doing, uh, be it a small group at church, a, a, a home fellowship, or whatever that might be, finding a coach to walk with us while we're doing that, uh, creating a self-environment around us where we have a plan for loving like Jesus, where we have processes in place, where we have routines in place, where it's safe for us to uh, uh, to grow, safe for us to fail. And lastly, um, that we are continually celebrating, continually in thanks for, uh, for doing that, uh, which we're looking forward to. So as we continue on here, let's look at Again, some of the things that we might see that would allow us to begin to love like Jesus. Let's start with uh, a very provocative uh, verse uh, that Jesus says in Matthew seven twelve, where he says, So whatever you wish that others do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. What would what is the what is what are those things that you would like others to do for you that are in context to them sharing God's love through them for yourself? What might those be? And whatever those are, those would probably be a pretty good place to begin to practice or begin to understand where it is that you would like to begin to honker down in Jesus' commandment to love as he uh, loves. So beginning by understanding how you'd like other people to uh, to love you, and then do that same thing back uh, to them. As we finish up here, let's just remember what Paul said in 1 uh, Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. 
if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I do not and but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And and as we do that, let's just kind of remember that our job is loving so that we are demonstrating God's love at us, in us, and in God's love coming through us. For Jesus used the word commandment 10 times in the Gospels. Two of those times was to acknowledge God's first two commandments, and the other eight times was to reinforce his commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Jesus is succinctly saying, love others as he has and is demonstrating love to us. Could we then say that maybe this is the primacy of our faith, our primacy of our faith being loved? For in John, 1 John four sixteen, he says, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And he also writes in 1 John 4, 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Welcome back. This is Bill Heitzman filling in for Tom Brown. Today we're talking about Jesus' commandment. Uh, and, and how might you go about living out this commandment in, uh, in your daily life? And again, going back to Jesus said this in, in John thirteen thirty four, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I've loved you you are also to love one another. So what would it look like if if we just tried through the power of the Holy Spirit to practice this truth on a daily basis? How might this work in uh, for those of us that are in the workplace? How might this work for us? Did you know that about 85% of our co-workers, friends, and acquaintances would rather come to us about a spiritual spiritual issue rather than a pastor. If we're authentic Christians, Christians that are loving as Jesus loved, they'll come to us. If we are, we'll be able to speak into their lives in a way that no one else in the world can speak into our lives. So our testimony in the workplace would just be loving like Jesus loves. This is why it's important for us to be aligned and balanced to the primacy of the gospel. Being aligned and balanced allows us to be the real deal. People who are open and approachable because of the uncommon love, authenticity, transparency, and joy that naturally flows through us because of uh, of God's Holy Spirit. You know, 
if we own a car, we know the importance of aligning the wheels of a car allows the car to drive straight down the road. And aligning our lives in the same way to the primacy of the gospel, and in, in particularly this, this commandment of Jesus of love as, love as Jesus loves, enables us to be the real deal. It helps us navigate the narrow road Jesus spoke about with love, joy, and transparency. The transparency that we are who we are, that we certainly do have our faults, but yet uh, there's something different about us, different because we're loving as Jesus loved. And we're not doing it out of our own, out of our own might. We're doing it out of the might of, and, and strength of the Holy Spirit. Also, balancing the wheels of our cars is a complement to balancing its alignment. The, the, when we balance the wheels, it creates a smooth and quiet ride. That same smoothness and quietness occurs when our life is balanced by the primacy of God, Jesus' commandment. The trick here is to make our work in living out our life in tension between God's love for us and what Jesus' commands, uh, uh, commandment directs us to do. Many people, you know, kind of fall on one side of either leaving by the letter of the law or just kind of letting it flow. Yet, we want to be both aligned and balanced to the primacy of this idea of living out the commandment, loving as Jesus loves, that we know we're the real deal and the world knows we're the real deal, a disciple of Jesus Christ, because uh, he sees, the world sees us uh, as love, as Jesus. Now, if you want to practice doing this, here's a helpful hint. Um, we can make the choice to live out Jesus' commandment uh, in loving other people just as he loved us. As we become more aware of how Jesus loves us, it will become easier and easier for us to love others in this same way. And we can do that simply by practicing one of the attributes of love that uh, are described in 1 Corinthians uh, 13. There are eight attributes of love that that are uh, described in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, where it says, love is patient, love is kind, love rejoices in the truth, love is loyal, Love trusts, love is hopeful, love perseveres, love keeps faith. What would it look like over the next eight weeks if we would make a commitment to practice just one of these virtues of love for a week at a time, and then at the end of the week, move on to the next? And so we'd say, let's start with patience. And let's look at every day making an effort to continually ask the Holy Spirit to bring forth patience through us in every situation that we might be in 
so that as we use uh, the power of choice to say, in this situation, rather than reacting, I'm going to ask the po- for the power of the Holy Spirit to be patient, or I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring forth kindness through me, or I'm going to rejoice in the truth, whatever the truth of Scripture might be that would come to me during that particular point in time, or I'm going to be loyal, loyal to God, loyal to the commandment, loyal to myself, loyal to the, to the principles that God lays out in Scripture for us to live by. Uh, I'm going to trust I'm going to trust God, for I know that it's impossible to please God without faith or without trust. I'm going to be hopeful. You know, as we have uh, hope for the future, we have power in the present. And it's that power of faith that we have in the present that God is with us, uh, that we're going to persevere because love perseveres. God perseveres with us, and we can persevere with others, and we can keep uh keep the faith. So as we look at practicing these on a daily basis, how would it look like if we decided that we wanted to create a love ministry, a ministry that would really look at what it would be if we really intentionally lived out this uh, uh, commandment? We developed a ministry dream a dream kind of like that would maybe tie into Jeremiah 29, where, where the writer writes, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. That's our dream, a dream for a ministry of love a love ministry, much like uh, uh, Sister Teresa uh, when she went uh, uh, overseas on her mission to pick up the first uh, ill person that she walked across, taking that person back to her uh, small uh, uh, room and nurturing that person either to health or loving that person until that person died. That simple thing of laying down her life for another person by showing the love of God, by caring for that person, because that person, although in rags, uh, that person was worth something to God. Because God cares about all of us. He is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. We pray for our well-being and the well-being of others, Remembering it is more blessed to give than receive. So part of this ministry of love, part of this dream ministry, is to pray to the Father for others as Jesus prays to the Father for his disciples, for us. Because we're born to live supernatural lives, lives that demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ, lives focused on doing good works through the supernatural power of his Holy Spirit. We're born, to, uh, we're born to awaken each morning with the belief that God is using us to deliver his love, grace, and mercy to another person or persons. We're, we're awakened with the faith that God is in, at work in us. He's working in us. The good works that he started, he will continue. 
He will continue to do those good works that he began in us. He is blessing us and empowering us to affirm the worth of others and do good deeds that make a contribution to the lives of others. So this is we're crafting our dream. Can you begin to see yourself uh, living like Jesus, the dream of living like Jesus? Uh, Jesus shared God's dream for us in John 10.10, as we've said before. Jesus just said, hey, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said he came that we may have life and have it abundantly. This is a fundamental component of God's dream for us, that we live abundant lives, that we love as Jesus loved because God loves us. So what is your dream for God ministering to others through you? Rick Warren says, the first thing God does to build your faith is to give you a dream. When God wants you to work in your life, wants to work in your life, he always gives you a dream about yourself, about what he wants you to do, about how he's, how he's going to use your life to impact the world. There are many examples in the Bible of this. God gave Noah the dream of building an ark. God gave Abraham the dream of building of being the father of a great nation. God gave Joseph the dream of being a leader that would save his people. God gave uh, Nehemiah the dream of building the wall around Jerusalem. So as we're talking today, what have you been dreaming about? Is this God's dream for you? Uh, Again, Rick reminds us, God's will never tells you to do something that contradicts to his truth. In other words, he's not going to tell you to uh, leave your family and kids and move to Hollywood to be a movie star. If you have that dream, then you can know it's not for God, not from God. But we, we, but what is the dream from God? Dreams from God is to love like Jesus, so that the world will know that you are, we are His disciples as we love like Jesus. And we love by Jesus, by through the power of the Holy Spirit, demonstrating the eight attributes of love that we can pull out of 1 Corinthians 13, working on each one of those attributes for one day. And at the end of eight weeks, looking back and looking at how God has grown us. And then on the, on the ninth week, starting over with the list again. So when we come back, we'll continue on with this idea of what you might do to position yourself to continue to love like Jesus. Welcome back to Koinonia. Uh, Koinonia. Uh, This is Bill Heitzman uh, filling in for Tom Brown today. And we're talking about uh, Jesus' commandment. Love one another as uh, uh, he loved his disciples. Therefore, the world will know that we are his disciples. We kind of talked about what, what would it take for you to create a dream of loving like uh, Jesus uh, loves? And, and what ability would it be required for you to just continually ask the Holy Spirit to give you the power to live out one of, and all of the eight attributes of love is described in 1 Corinthians 13. 
And now let's kind of move on to motivation. Well, you know, what what would get us psyched up and, uh, and motivated uh, to do that? And maybe a good place to start here is looking at Ephesians 2.10, uh, where uh, it's written, For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So those good works, the good works of loving, uh, loving people because they're worthwhile, uh, loving people uh, to help them uh, be, be through their what they need to, 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 to live well, to live abundant lives. You know, as we look at the word motivation, motivation is defined as an internal and external factor that stimulate our desire and energy to be interested and committed to a dream, a job, a role, uh, and to facilitate the results to develop the mastery of doing that. And, and so our motivation really is, is um, we were developed. Uh, we were created for good works. And, uh, and, and you know, God created those, uh, prepared those for us that we should walk in them. And that primary good works is to love others and to, so that we can demonstrate God's love at work. Um you know, we also have uh, an inner motivation and, a, and an innate ability to experience success and significance. We have an inner nature to change, to grow from the inside out. We have an inspiration uh, to discover and develop our unique and natural and supernatural uh, abilities, to exp- experience using our one-of-a-kind strengths and talents, we have an inner motivation to make a unique contribution to others in the world. We are creating God's image, and God's image is really to love, uh, and to love others, and to uh, uh, contribute uh, to the well-being of others. Earlier in the show, we talked about the four motivations that each of us has: the motivations to live, the motivations to love, the motivation to contribute to the well-being of others, and the motivation to grow. These are the four ingredients are a natural and supernatural nature. Each of these is to be given is given to us to be fully embraced and nurtured so that we feel the fullness of uh, that uh, uh, of those motivations. I believe we're also motivated to live a stress free, happy, inspired life. And that stress free, happy, inspired life is not that our life is going to be stressless. It's that we're not going to feel stress in situations where other people feel stress because we're experiencing the love of God. And we know this, that perfect love casts out fear and truth sets us free. So if we're endeavoring to, to live out God's truth through love, we're going to experience, come into seasons of stress Yet in those seasons, we can make the choice of the power of the Holy Spirit to be stress-free, to be happy, happy in the context that we are living out the dream that God has for us. Now, it might not all be a bed of roses, yet it will be something that we can consider it all joy and no matter what situation we're in. And that's part of our motivation is to experience stress-free living, 
experience happy living uh, and experienced inspired living where the inspiration comes from God within us rather than our passion to satisfy some fleshly um, need. Stress-free is where we feel safe, where we feel that our basic needs are being met. Happy is that we accept all experiences with thankfulness and joy, inspired in that we live life through the power of the Holy Spirit rather than the power of the flesh. Jesus reminds us through John 10.10 again that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy by lies. And yet we have the truth. When Jesus says this, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. God gives us the motivation and ability to live abundantly by accepting his love and loving other people. We're motivated to receive unconditional love and to give unconditional love. Yet we, not all of us, including myself, have that ability to do that. Yet that is something that we want to cultivate is that ability to receive the ability to give, to have our worth unconditionally affirmed and for us to unconditionally affirm the worth of others, worth being created in the image of God, um, to have healthy relationships with others. Jesus reminds us again through Luke ten twenty seven, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind in your neighbor as yourself. God gives us the motivation and the ability to receive and give unconditional love. He would not give us that commandment unless he also gave us the ability to uh, to live it out. Yet, like most abilities, it's an ability that over a period of time is to be nurtured and developed until it come, becomes natural. We're motivated to contribute to the well-being of others, to enable others to discover and develop their unique natural, supernatural abilities. Jesus reminds us in John fifteen thirteen, greater love no one, no one has than to lay down his life for his friends. God gives us the motivation and ability to contribute our time, abilities, and resources to enable others to live abundant lives. We're motivated to grow into our fullness. And so that's the motivation that says, I want to develop the ability to love like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit so that I can fulfill the result that Jesus gave us through the commandment of love as he loved. We are motivated to grow into God's authentic version of ourselves. God reminds us through Paul, again, a truth here where he reminds us in Paul in Philippians 4, 6, where Paul says, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. For me, that's motivation enough. Motivation enough to continue to develop this ability to nurture our vocation and personal mastery of loving others as Jesus loved us. And again, the easy way to do that uh, is just to, on a weekly basis, to practice one of the eight attributes of love as 
uh, outlined in 1 Corinthians 13. Those, again, being uh, love is patient, love is kind, love rejoices in the truth, love is loyal, love trusts, uh, love is hopeful, love perseveres, love keeps faith. Because John writes that God is love, so we can just as easily say that God is patient, God is kind, God rejoices in the truth, God is loyal, God trusts, God's hopeful, God perseveres, God keeps faith. And if we're, we can also say this for Jesus. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus rejoices in the truth. Jesus is loyal. Jesus trusts. Jesus is hopeful. Jesus perseveres. Jesus keeps faith. And if we're called to love like Jesus, if we're called to persevere like Jesus, if we're called to, to be like Jesus, then we can just as easily put our name in there. Bill is patient. Bill is kind. Bill rejoices in the truth. Bill is loyal. Bill trusts. Bill is hopeful. Bill perseveres. Bill keeps faith. But it's not Bill in the flesh who does this. It's Bill in the spirit who does this. It's the newness that comes when we accept Jesus as as Lord and uh, Savior. So again, on a daily basis, guys, the simple thing to do is pick one of those attributes and practice one of those attributes each day of uh, of the week uh, until we're done with eight weeks of them, and then we start out again. So as we kind of uh, wrap this up, this segment, and then come back for a short uh, few minutes at the end of this segment, let's remember that uh, people are either motivated by one of two things. People are either motivated by uh, a fear and selfishness, or people are motivated by uh, truth and love. Fear and selfishness puts us into a state of protection. Um, uh, love and trust puts us into a state of growth. And we there we want to grow. So as we're finishing up here, uh, let's just kind of, over the commercial kind of feast on this a little, what uh, uh, was written in Philippians 4, 8 through 9 as part of our celebration. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So as we're looking at this, isn't this another demonstration of what love is? Focusing on what's honorable, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is commendable, uh, where there's excellence, where there's anything praiseworthy, and out of that, the peace of God, the love of God will be with you. And not only will it be with us, but it'll be experienced in and through us in such a way that the world will see that we're a disciple of Jesus because we're loving as Jesus loves.
Hello, welcome back. Uh, this is Bill Heitzman sitting in for Tom Brown. Thank you for being with me over the last uh, hour. I really appreciate it. Uh, this is the first time I hosted a radio show, and um, uh, so it, it, it's kind of my, my my it's a first timer. I look back upon this and just am blessed to have that opportunity to to share some thoughts with you all, as as well as uh, just your grace and, and that you might have of. Uh, uh, any faux pas that you might have seen uh, through the nervousness that I've experienced while uh, I've been on the air here. Um, because we're really talking about this uh, Jesus commandment, love one another as I have loved you, therefore the world will know you are my disciples. And that is my hope for uh, for all of us, is that we would go forth and let the world know that we're different. Let the no- world that know that we're Jesus' uh, disciples by uh, the love we have for one another as well as uh, as well as our neighbors and in remembering that Jesus really gave the world the criteria for judging whether we're disciples or not uh, if we're loving like Jesus then uh, uh, we're his disciples yet if we're in turmoil or other things and we're not loving like Jesus then uh, the world has every right to uh, judge us as something other than being a disciple of Jesus so as we look at this, and, and maybe a takeaway from today would be this, is if we're going to do something to love like Jesus, we can just go to 1 Corinthians 13 and, and practice uh, one of or more of the attributes of love. Uh, practice them for a week and move on to the next one. My name is Bill Heitzman. If anybody wants to visit with me about this or the program that we have called Authentic Christian Demonstrating God's Love at Work, uh, you can reach me at uh, 602-570-3773 or at bill at billheitzman.com. Heitzman is spelled H-E-I-T-Z-M-A-N. Or if you'd like information about the uh, monthly uh, program I do for Christian business owners called Leadership uh, Productivity Forum, please uh, contact me again, either at 602-570-3773 or bill at billheitzman.com. I pray God's uh, blessings upon uh, uh, each and every one of you and just uh, pray that through his uh, spirit, he would empower you to love like Jesus. Therefore, the world will know that you are his disciples. God bless you all.